Joe Biden is tapping into our strategic oil reserves in an attempt to lower the gas prices that he helped raise. If you thought supply chain issues were bad now, 2.5 million truckers have threatened to quit due to Biden's latest vaccine mandate. The media tries to label the Waukesha terror attack as a car crash, and organized crime is getting so bad that even MSNBC is now calling for consequences when breaking the law. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember, if you'd like to support me and support this show, that you can do so at savsays.locals.com, or the easiest way as well that's free is leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Now, we're tapping into our strategic oil reserves. 2.5 million truckers are threatening to quit their jobs. And again, supply chain issues already resulting in empty grocery shelves. We've reached record high inflation. And it seems that Joe Biden is keeping us right on track for the Great Reset, which a lot of people have tried to, have tried to say is a conspiracy. But look at what is currently going on right now. Now, at the direction of President Biden, the Department of Energy is making available a release of 50 million barrels of crude oil from our strategic petroleum reserve. Now, Joe Biden today came out with a statement saying the big part of the reason Americans are facing high gas prices is because oil producing countries and large companies have not ramped up the supply of oil quickly enough to meet the demand and the smaller supply means higher prices globally for oil. Now, let's talk about a couple of key points here, starting off with number one, those high gas prices. Now, I love that Joe Biden is trying to blame other oil producing countries. Keep in mind that under Donald Trump from the period of 2018 to 2020, the U.S. was the largest producer of oil. Okay, we were in front of Saudi Arabia and Russia in regards to how many of barrels of oil we would produce per day. So we were leading the world in oil production 2018, 2019, and 2020. Now, I don't need to tell you the missing variable from 2020 to 2021 that has helped increase those high gas prices. We all know it's Joe Biden, but it's an absolute joke that he's trying to blame these foreign countries. We already saw that he asked OPEC to continue producing more oil to help with the U.S. oil supply. When we can be energy independent, we have U.S. energy independence that we could achieve and we did previously uh, work towards, again, largest exporter of oil in the world. And then Joe Biden comes in and he crippled our oil industry. He really did. Now, the funny part of this, too, uh, him releasing this 50 million barrels from our strategic supply is I did a little bit of research. And on average, America uses almost 20 million barrels of oil every single day. And that number comes from the Energy Information Administration. So Biden's releasing 50 million from our emergency supply, if you will, right, with only 32 going to the U.S., 18 million of those barrels are going to India and China. So can somebody please explain to me how Joe Biden releasing 32 million barrels of oil, which would barely last the U.S. for a day or two, is going to lower any gas prices? That's right. You guessed it. It's absolutely not going to. Let's talk about what Joe Biden has done to the oil industry. 
industry and why gas prices are so high. Now, I saw this headline from The Hill, Climate Summit, another example of Biden's America Last agenda. Now, it's very rare in the media that we see terms like Biden and America Last in the same headline. So I had to read through this article and it did a great job of laying out how badly Joe Biden has done as our president and how since day one of of his presidency, he's been waging a relentless war on America's oil and gas industry. So going into this article reading, from canceling the Keystone Pipeline to cracking down on, on drilling permits, the Biden agenda has tried to end affordable energy prices and axe American jobs. Uh, side note here, my own opinion, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking the question, why can't we just reopen the uh, Keystone Pipeline, which would not only help with oil production here in the U.S., lower those gas prices, but also contribute to American jobs? Yeah, Joe Biden, great question there, but let's keep on blaming foreign countries for this. Back to the article now. The result Results of President Biden surrendering America's energy independence are clear. Americans are struggling to pay for skyrocketing gas prices that are up $1.30 a gallon and show no signs of slowing down. In some places, a gallon of gas costs more than $4. And as we head into the winter months, families are staring down the possibility of paying upwards of 50% more to heat their homes. President Biden isn't taking Americans' concerns about rising prices seriously. His energy secretary laughs off questions about how to ease their pain and instead of changing course, President Biden is doubling down on his anti-energy crusade. Almost inexplicably, he is now floating the idea of shutting down another major U.S. pipeline and another drilling ban, a move that would only further cut off supply and drive up heating costs even higher. So this is what Joe Biden is doing to our oil and gas companies. And again, he's begging OPEC to continue to pump more oil. And he wants America to continue to buy oil from foreign countries and foreign nations instead of using our own oil. And this is just baffling to me that he's tapping into our strategic oil supply because that is something that many Americans should be very aware of and fearful of, I would say, because this strategic oil reserve is used in times of emergencies. I know it's been used in the past when hurricanes have hit specific areas. Uh, A couple military members told me that the strategic oil reserve is also for when we get attacked and need to fuel our air force and keep them in the air. So it's not a good sign when Joe Biden is tapping into our our strategic oil reserves that are used to keep our military fueled, he's tapping into that to help with high gas prices instead of allowing America, the oil and gas industry, to prosper here. This is the controlled demolition of our entire country. It's controlled chaos, like I say time and time again. And every American should be very wary of the direction that we're heading in. Because again, it's not just high gas prices. It's the fact that Joe Biden is attacking the oil and gas industry. He's taking away American jobs. The inflation rates are surging. And now we're seeing his latest mandate against these truckers. Bloomberg came out with this article, every step of the global supply chain is going wrong all at once. They put out in this article that some of the issues lie in late arriving ships, pandemic workplace restrictions, old infrastructure and stretched rail networks, and a shortage of truckers or warehouse workers. Now I want to focus in on two of these things, starting off with the pandemic workplace restrictions. Now we do know that a big issue with the supply chain has been Joe Biden's force 
forced vaccine mandate. People are not going back to work. People do not want to adhere to this mandate. And we know that these pandemic workplace restrictions have been a big issue with the supply chain. On top of that, we're seeing a shortage of truckers or warehouse workers also can be tied to the vaccine mandate or maybe because Joe Biden, you know, kept handing out and doling out stimulus checks. Also, Donald Trump as well. He was complicit in this. It was a great job of our entire government over the past two years, getting everybody dependent on the government. And I'm constantly reporting on the fact that in various um, states around the country, you don't even have to really be trying to get a job to stay on unemployment. You can just say, okay, well, I attempted to go get a job, but then if they offer you the job, you don't have to accept it. And then you can keep collecting those unemployment checks. So that's how this system is working. And I feel like we're essentially living through like our soft socialism, if you will, where a huge portion of the country is dependent on the government. They're making more money staying on, at home, being dependent on the government than they would at their jobs, which is the government's incentive to, uh, you know, keep them there and, and their incentives to stay home. But the people who are trying to work, the industries that are being affected by this and, and the people that have tried to rebuild since the government shut us down, remember that the media loves to say that because of the pandemic, we had all these supply chain issues. Because of the pandemic, the economy got destroyed. No, it is because of the government shutdown and the government response. Now, as of yesterday, apparently the Biden administration will acquire central, essential non-resident travelers crossing U.S. land borders, such as truck drivers, to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 per the Washington Post. Now, I can't even highlight all of the hypocrisy of this, seeing as to the fact that our border is wide open and we have millions of undocumented illegal immigrants who cross our border every single day, not getting tested for COVID, just walking on through and... Joe Biden wants to restrict the American people, specifically truck drivers, and tell them that they have to be fully vaccinated if they want to get to work. Well, the CEO of the American Trucking Association says 37% of the association's drivers not only say no, but they're saying hell no to Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, with 2.5 million truckers threatening to quit over this new vaccine requirement. Now, they've threatened to quit if Biden doesn't reverse course. And again, like I've pointed out, we've already seen the emptying grocery shelves. We've seen the cargo ships getting uh, stuck and backed up at the L.A. ports. We've seen all of these supply chain issues happening. We've had the media coming forward and saying, oh, well, you know, Thanksgiving might be a little bit tight this year. You might be paying a little bit more than you used to, but uh, there's nothing that we could have done. It's just supply chain issues. It's because of the pandemic. No, it's because of the government. Now, Kamala Harris came out and she tried to give her own explanation of inflation. And I know I usually play videos for you guys, but because it is Thanksgiving, I'm home and I'm away from my equipment. So that's why this is an audio-only podcast. Again, please leave five-star review if you do like it. Um... Kamala Harris came out with her explanation of inflation and she basically just goes, yeah, prices are rising for Americans everywhere. Gas is getting higher. Bread's getting higher. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And, and that's her response. That's this entire administration's response anytime any member of the media or even your average American who's concerned about the state of the country comes forward to them and tries to express concern. What do they do? They just go, oh, well, ugh, I mean, it is what it is, guy. Like, what can, what can we really do? Now, speaking of inflation rates, because, of course, we know that tapping into our strategic oil supply and 
the supply chain issues aren't bad enough, let's also take a peek at inflation since we're on that topic. Kamala Harris tweeted out, With the bipartisan infrastructure law, we're going to build electric vehicles and the batteries and parts that go in them in the United States instead of relying on other countries. The future will be made in America. Now, what does this tweet have to do with inflation rates? That infrastructure law, the bipartisan infrastructure law, which was once a $1 trillion bill, it's now a law, it has now been passed, and another example of how we're just printing trillions and trillions of dollars. We saw the printing of trillions of dollars over the past two years for all of those COVID stimulus plans, where a huge majority of, again, our taxpayer money wasn't even going to the American citizen. It was going to foreign countries. It was going to gender study programs in Pakistan. It was going to funding art centers across America. And the actual American citizen who is going to have to pay for these trillion dollar bills, because even though Jen Psaki says 350 trillion or billion actually equals zero, Apologies there, $3.5 trillion equals $0. Let me be factual in my uh, reporting of Jen Psaki's fake math. Um, we have an administration here who doesn't believe in basic math or basic science, and we have them printing and printing and printing money. And then on top of all of this money that has no worth behind it because it's not backed by gold being injected into our economy, we also have nobody actually producing anything and we're seeing these supply chain issues. Nobody's wanting to go back to work. So when people say that the Great Reset is essentially the controlled demolition of our entire society so that elites can come in and then restructure everything, this is what we're talking about. Now, off of the trillion dollar infrastructure law and actually going back to this tweet, it's so hilarious that Kamala, of course, is like, oh, we're going to you know, use this money to build electric vehicles here in the U.S. instead of relying on other countries. The future needs to be here in America. Kamala, girl, have you ever heard of Tesla? And it's hilarious because if you actually go in and read these replies, many people are asking Kamala the same exact thing. Have you ever heard of Tesla? Tesla makes their cars here in America. What's going on with that? Why are we using, again, this trillion dollar bill to push that when we already have an American company that's doing this exact same thing. Very interesting there. On top of that, since we're still on inflation, Bloomberg puts out that the Dollar Tree says that a $1.25 price point is going to become their new standard. So in Joe Biden's America, not even the dollar store is safe. And we've reported on this previously as well, how everything is going up in price and everybody is feeling the impact of this Dollar Tree, especially. Uh, we all know how much the Biden administration loves to care about the minority communities. Well, what types of stores are specifically in minority communities? Dollar Trees, Dollar Generals, blah, blah, blah. Um, and those are the places that are being affected by Joe Biden's policies. So it doesn't really seem like they actually care about minority communities, about Americans, about anything in this country, because if they did, they wouldn't be destroying our entire way of life. From our dollar to our gas to our energy prices, everything is getting more expensive. And so many people keep putting out the statistics of, hey, if you got a pay raise, well, guess what? Because of inflation rates, it doesn't even matter. Now, on top of the economic attack that we're under right now, we're also dealing with the rising crime specifically and mostly focused in Democrat-run cities. Now, over this past weekend, there was a huge mass 
just crime wave that happened in California. From Yahoo News, a new breed of brazen takeover robbers hitting California luxury retailers. The mayhem began on Friday night in San Francisco's Union Square, where a Burberry and Hermes store were targeted. And then, of course, even in Oakland, in... Beverly Hills, we're just seeing these mass crime waves where all of these looters go into these stores, these high-end areas, they go and loot everything out, and then they take off. And it's hilarious to me because MSNBC is even saying that this is a problem at this point when the mainstream media, whose job it is, apparently to them, is to lie to us all day every day when they're actually reporting on the truth. That's how you know that there's a big problem in this country. Now MSNBC comes out and says San Francisco is out of control and Portland is out of control. Now this is a Joe Scarborough segment and it's absolutely hilarious to me because he basically ends on rules or you know laws have consequences and if people break the law they need to face the consequences who told these people this was okay you did msnbc you did cnn last year with the rioting you guys platformed the same exact people who said that looting is reparations that when black people go into a louis vuitton or a burberry or an hermes and they loot it and destroy everything and smash the windows well that's just reparations so it's hilarious now for me to see MSNBC getting mad at all of these liberal prosecutors who continue to allow these thieves to get off on all of these crimes. Again, in San Francisco, I believe if you shoplift at least under $1,000, they can't get you on a felony charge for that. So people are like, okay, cool. So we're just gonna uh, loot maybe $500 worth of stuff, maybe $600, $700. As long as we don't go over $1,000, we're good to go and we can do whatever we want. We've seen several CVSs closing down in San Francisco because they just can't stay open. New York has dealt with the same exact thing. I went over articles where these repeat offenders get arrested upwards of 50 times for the exact same offense, but then they keep on getting released. And why is that? Because of the criminal justice reform and the bail reform, and we're going to be getting into that later because of the um, Waukesha terrorist attack that happened that the media is right now trying to say was an accident. It was just a car crash. Yeah, we'll be delving into that here in a minute. But going back to the looting and rioting, on top of this mass crime wave, because uh, it, it does seem to be a giant mass organized crime wave, you would think that we would have intelligence agencies like the FBI to be able to utilize to, to investigate this and see what's going on there, right? Yeah, no, sorry. The FBI is too too uh, busy targeting parents and targeting uh, Kyle Rittenhouse because they didn't like the, uh, the final verdict of that case. Remember that Jerry Nadler did come forward and say that he wants to look into utilizing the DOJ against Rittenhouse because he didn't like the verdict. Absolutely ridiculous. But getting back to the mass organized crime that nobody seems to care about in this country, uh, from CNN Business, Best Buy CEO says jump and theft is traumatizing their staff. And if we keep seeing these stories, you would think that the majority of society would agree that this is bad. Like I said, we even had MSN, MSNBC coming forward and agreeing, this is out of control. When is this going to stop? Where do we draw the line? But we still have crazed media like ABC News who says, experts caution use of looting in describing rash of Bay Area smash and grabs. Now, apparently there's a race and social justice reporter 
Julian Glover and he's here to give us some context of looting and they basically go into this whole entire explanation of how looting is only used to you know talk about minority communities in a negative way and we're constantly seeing this manipulation of language and so it's hilarious to me to see all of these experts saying well don't use the word looting when you see a mass organized crime wave of people targeting these stores well they're not looting that's not a fair term to to use okay well what do you want us to call it it's mass crime it's looting it's theft it's criminal activity it's absolutely ridiculous that when this type of stuff breaks in our country the first thing that these quote-unquote experts want to do is manipulate our language now since we're on the subject of crime let's talk about the Wokasha massacre because this happened this past weekend it happened two days in Wisconsin after the Rittenhouse verdict and I just want to go ahead and lay out some of the details of this case because this was a horrific incident and the media is already trying to basically run cover for a black supremacist terrorist now Daryl Brooks killed six people and injured over 48 after he drove his SUV through the Waukesha Christmas Parade And if we look at his past, he has an extensive criminal past. He was a registered sex offender in Nevada. He was convicted of having sex with a child. And then on video was saying that he was just pimping out the hoe. On November 2nd of this month, he ran over the mother of his child after punching her and stalking her. And then two days before this attack, this terror attack, on November 19th, he was charged with battery, disorderly conduct, bail jumping, and resisting an officer, but he was released on a $1,000 bail by a George Soros-elected DA, John Chisholm of Milwaukee. So many people were asking, why was this guy out on the streets? He he has an extensive criminal history, and he's just out and about walking on the street, a $1,000 bail, and then two days after this, he goes and commits a domestic terrorist attack on U.S. soil against white people. And I'm going to call it out for what it is, because this man was a supporter of Black Lives Matter, of George Floyd, and black nationalism. He posted about wanting to get away with running over people in the street. Uh, He also posted that the old white people knock them the F out. He shared social media posts promoting violence towards white people and claiming that black people were the true Hebrews. Again, this is Daryl Brooks Jr., 39. He's been charged with five counts of first-degree intentional homicide and more charges are pending so he has this extensive history of criminal activity of violence of supporting black lives matter of being a straight up black supremacist and i oftentimes say that we don't have a white supremacy problem in this country like the media would have us believe we have a black supremacy problem in this country and this is what i am talking about right here when we have our children being taught critical race theory when we have a black supremacist who goes and mows down a parade of innocent people after posting about wanting to do it, about posting about not liking white people, that's a black supremacy problem. When you have black celebrities like Nick Cannon calling white people savages, and you have Black Lives Matter rioters and looters given a platform on all of these mainstream media platforms, and again, this domestic terrorist right now, Brooks, being covered for by the media that is a black supremacy problem in this country now let's look at how the media is framing this because it's absolutely disgusting um one of the people that were killed today was an eight-year-old boy um he died from his injuries as of today 
His name was Jackson Sparks, and um, he and his 12-year-old brother were seriously hurt after, again, uh, Daryl Brooks plowed through that Christmas parade and he has since succumbed, succumbed to his injuries. Succumbed to his injuries? Apologies, my uh, words are off sometimes. But after that horrific attack, this is how the media is framing this. Washington Post. Five killed as at Wisconsin parade by driver allegedly fleeing a knife fight are identified. Now, there was no evidence that he was fleeing a knife fight, but the media went and ran with this headline. Even more, the New York Times, the grief in Waukesha, Wisconsin had been concentrated on the loss of five adults after an SUV barreled through a Christmas parade. An SUV barreled through the Christmas parade. No, this, we know who the perpetrator is. It is Daryl Brooks, again, a black supremacist, but the media is not reporting on that. They're saying it was an SUV. We also have Wikipedia trying to reframe this as the 2021 Wakosha Christmas Parade car crash. Even NBC News is saying that Video captured by a ring camera appears to show Daryl Edward Brooks in front of a home before being arrested in connection to the Wakosha Parade accident. They're calling this an accident. They're calling it a car crash. They're calling it everything except for what it is, a domestic terrorist attack. And again, too, can I just point out how coincidental it is that two days after the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict in Wisconsin... Daryl Brooks went and ran over a parade of white innocent citizens in Wisconsin... Let's keep going, though, with how the media is framing this. Newsweek, Waukesha Deadly Christmas Parade Crash Update. CBS News, the man accused of Deadly Christmas Parade Crash. <sighs> when I tell you that this in itself is disgusting to watch the media run cover for this criminal, and you know what? Andy No and Tim Poole were reporting on his extensive history with his social media postings about BLM and not liking white people, rapping about George Floyd. And you know what happened? The media was mad at Andy No, And Andy No was trending on Twitter because he had the audacity to pull that up. Now, we know that any single time a white person is involved in a shooting, Kyle Rittenhouse, like any time there, there's a white person involved in a shooting, right? It's like we know who the person is. We know all of their ties politically, who they're affiliated with. It's all over the mainstream media. But as soon as it's a black supremacist BLM, again, member of the militia wing of the Democrat Party, if you will, as soon as the roles are reversed... And we have a chance to actually see what's going on in our society. The media runs cover as hard as they can. And now we're watching the narrative be rewritten before our very eyes about what actually happened on Sunday at this parade. Not a crash, not an accident. Let's just correct the record now. Now, just one day after this happened, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had the audacity to tweet this out. Today, we sent a letter to Representative Maloney and Raskin to New York City's 5th District Attorneys requesting information on excessive bail in the New York City court system. When prosecutors seek excessive cash bail, it results in increased rates of incarceration, particularly for low-income defendants. Now, what she's arguing for right here, the justice reform, the bail reform, is exactly how Daryl Brooks was able to be released from prison. 
And also, more of his criminal past is coming out. And apparently, he was also convicted for threatening to bomb the Nugget Casino in Nevada. And that leads us to question, what does it take to keep somebody in jail at this point? So... This man, extensive criminal past, I was talking about all the looting and rioting that plagued our entire nation the past year and is still currently going on. And why is that? It's because these Soros-backed DAs, they come in, they're liberal, they allow these criminals to keep getting off and keep, you know, getting out of jail on low bail, just like Daryl Brooks. And then two days later, even, maybe even the same day. We look in Portland the same day or the next day. These same criminals are out back on the street committing the exact same crimes. And that's what AOC is advocating for. The day after this horrific incident. And like I just said, uh, the latest victim of this tragedy was an 8-year-old boy who died from his injuries. On top of that, we have an 11-year-old little girl who was injured in the rampage and asked doctors to glue her back together. She was an 11-year-old girl who was hurt in the deadly Christmas parade rampage in Wisconsin, and she lost her kidney and suffered a broken pelvis. Her name is Jessalyn Torres. She has lacerations to her lungs and remaining kidney, as well as internal bleeding after Daryl Brooks, Brooks allegedly plowed through that crowd on Sunday. Six people have died from the carnage and another 48 were injured. This is what AOC is advocating for. She's advocating to keep criminals out of jail so they can go and commit acts like this. And it's a very unfair thing to see. Now, going back to to Wisconsin, Kenosha, Rittenhouse, how all of this seems to be very coincidental in its timing. Uh, they were riding in Kenosha initially for Jacob Blake. When that happened and when Jacob Blake was shot, Kamala Harris went and visited his family in the hospital and, remember, raised bail money for violent criminals. That was the Minnesota Freedom Fund that she promoted. Now, apparently, she has no plans to visit the families of Wakosha and has not supported any of their fundraisers. And as of November 23rd, the Biden administration has no plans to send anyone to Wakosha after the Christmas massacre per a White House official. So... We are again seeing who Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and this administration really care about. It's not the American public. It's not the American citizen. They have an agenda and they are intent on propping up criminals in our society. And it's absolutely heartbreaking to see. Now, speaking of our justice system as well, because we saw the Rittenhouse verdict come out, there was a lot of people upset about this. They said that justice wasn't served. And in Chicago, we saw a lot of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests and protests nationwide as well uh, in response to the verdict. People saying, oh, this was because of white supremacy. He benefited off of white privilege. Well, all three men that were involved in the Ahmed Arbery case have since been charged with felony murder. All three men who were involved with the killing of Ahmed Arbery, that verdict came out today. And it was very, very interesting because, of course, all of the news articles were immediately headlining that Ahmed Arbery was just jogging through a neighborhood. They didn't provide any other facts of this case. I'm not going to say whose side I'm on, but you guys should go look into this case. Go look into the facts and details and what happened that led up to the death of Ahmed Arbery. It's all very interesting. 
And, uh, you know, more importantly, the biggest angle we can take away from this is that everyone was upset about the justice system and they were saying that it was geared towards white people, but the same justice system just ruled that these three white men that were involved in the shooting of a black man, they've all been uh, found guilty of murder. That's the same justice system. So that's the only angle I'm going to give to you guys um, on that one there. And I'm going to wrap up this episode of Rapid Fire. It's a short one today because it is Thanksgiving. I'm away from home. I don't have all of my equipment. So apologies if the show wasn't as good today as it traditionally is. But thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Savannah Hernandez. And heartbreaking to see all of this news and the continued destruction of America especially as you know we're heading into the holiday season I don't love seeing empty grocery shelves or supply chain issues gas prices continuing to rise and Joe Biden tapping into our strategic oil reserves that are supposed to be used to supply our military in case of an emergency it doesn't look like America is in good shape right now And it will continue to deteriorate under Joe Biden, who apparently is going to be running again in 2024. That's the biggest joke if I've ever heard one. We will see what happens on that front. But wrapping up the show today, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a good time with your families and uh, you're able to keep your spirits up in this trying time. Remember that God is always in control and pray for the families of Okosha, uh, those who have lost loved ones, for all of the children that are still recovering, all of the people who have injuries and have been hospitalized to pray for those families pray for their recovery and pray that justice is served for daryl brooks who was involved with this heinous evil crime my name is savannah hernandez and i will see you guys next week